This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Um, Purim, I wasn't here last week, so I just want to finish up something, and then um, we'll connect it to Pesach, okay? So, And Haman said to the king Achashverosh, Yeshno, Am Echod, Yeshno comes from the word Yoshem. There's a nation that's sleeping. You hear? is sleeping. Not only are they sleeping. They are spread apart amongst the nations. In all your different countries, Haman, the Nachash, the Satan, the Makatrik, the Eitzahara, Sarakash Baruchu, your nation is sleeping. They don't get along with each other. There's no Achtas. And they're supposed to have a different religion than all the Goyim. But that's not what's happening, Hashem, said the Makatrik. They're not listening to you, Hashem. They're not doing what you want. He doesn't say the ein the es does say hamelach achashverosh einu aistim. No, he's talking to Hashem. He doesn't say melach achashverosh. But does say hamelach. Klaytro is not doing the will of the king. Ule melach and shayvel anicha b'kadosh baruch hu. There's no reason for you to protect them. They're sleeping. They're assimilating. They're not doing what you want them to do. And shayvel anicha. If it's okay with you, Hashem, you should write to destroy them. Hashem took off his ring. Doesn't say, took off his ring. And he gave it to the Makatrik. Okay. Now, let's go a little bit further. So Mordechai tells Esther, Al-Tadami ben Avshech. It's not about you. It's never about you. The ones in Klai Yisrael that change Klai Yisrael, that save Klai Yisrael, that make a difference in Klai Yisrael, Mordechai was trying to teach her that the people who make a difference in Klai Yisrael, it can't be about you. You want to be a leader? You want to make changes? It can't be about you. You have to be mavatel yourself. People want to know, like, how do you, like, how do you do? How do you, like, change the world? How do you, how do you, how do you like, work with the Robin? And the answer is, Lahashibel Esther. Tell Esther, if you want to be the savior of Yisrael, if you want to be the one that takes down Haman, Al-Tadabi Menavsheikh. The number one thing that a person needs to know if he wants to be a leader in Klai Israel and to help, stop worrying about yourself. 
Stop worrying about your name. Stop worrying about what people say about you. Stop. It's not about you. When you become part of the Rabbin, when it comes to changing the Rabbin, you have to be mavatel, the I, the me. Moshe was mavatel himself to Klai Yisrael. You have to get rid of the I. There's no I in us, it's just you. Right? It's the same. And if you think that you're the only one that could change your safe Klai Yisrael, all the people that are that are dealing in Tzorchei Tzibur have to know this was a, a speech that Mordechai was giving Esther on how to be a person who works in Tzorchei Tzibur. Number one, stop worrying about what your friends say. Stop worrying about what people say. Stop worrying about you. It's not about you. If you're doing the right thing, don't worry about yourself. Number two, you can't waver. You have to be strong. You can't double guess yourself. You got to be a pinchas. You got to do what you have to do. Because if you're not going to be the shliach of Hashem, you're not going to do it. Hashem has many shluchim. And you and your whole family, the schus that you could have brought to Klai Yisrael and to your family, what you could have done, you missed the moment. You missed the movie. You missed the action. You missed the moment. It's over. Your whole life, you're working on yourself. Maybe it was for this moment. So Esther said something amazing. Esther said, Mordechai, you want to give me a lesson on how to work in Tzorchei Tzibor? And this, this you know more than anyone else. She said, it's all very nice. You can't worry about yourself. You can't worry about what people say about you. You can't waver. Right? What she said First, you have to bring Klaistrol together. First, you have to bring Achdus. Then, Tzomel Olai, fast for me. Don't eat, don't drink. We'll fast. Daven, learn. But all your davening and all your learning and all your fasting is going to be meaningless unless you bring Achdus to Klai Yisrael. The antithesis, the anti of the Satan, who told Hashem, there's a nation, there's no Achdus in Klai Yisrael. Everyone's talking Lashon Hara behind everyone's back. Everyone's jealous of what the other one has. They don't get along with each other. They're, 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 they're rioting and they're, they're, they're protesting and they're fighting and Oh my gosh, everyone's judging what everyone looks like. There's no achdus. She said, I'm telling you something. You're telling me how to do. Don't worry about yourself. But you want to know something? There's something that you missed. The most important thing is Mordechai. Not the fast, not the davening, and not the learning. The most important thing Hashem wants to see is that Kleistro is ba'achdus. She taught him a lesson. 
She said, to first get them together, then go fast, then go down, then go learn. Our problem is that we didn't, not that we're not learning enough. Our problem is that when he came to Hashem, he said, they don't get along with each other. Mordechai learned this. I heard this this week from Jerry Weissman said it over to me. Blew me away. Blew me away. I don't know who he heard it from. He said it over to me. He said, look at the last Pasuk in Megillah's Esther. Ki Mordechai HaYehudi we're talking, we're describing Mordechai. So we're going to go from the least important part about him to the most important part about him. Ki Mordechai HaYehudi Number one, he was a Jew. Okay, a Jew is a very important thing, but you could be religious, you could be not religious, right? Being a Jew is the first ingredient. Mordechai Yehudi, that was, he was a Jew. He was huge in the political world. He was a minister. Godol. He was a Godol by Yehudim. He was considered a Godol. Right? So a Jew, po- politically very strong, and a gadol, a gadol hadar. Most, most of his, of the Jews liked him. Right? So he was accepted by most of the Jews. He gave an amazing speech, better than Wallerstein or Charlie Harari. He was He was the number one drasha in Kaisrael. He was the good, the Megillah is saying on him that he gave a good drasha. It doesn't say on me I gave a good drasha. Saying on Mordechai. Right? So, he's a Jew. He's politically very strong. He's a, he's a, um, what's it called? He's a gadol. He gives an amazing shear. But how does the Megillah end? What's the highest compliment you can give someone who's Isaac B'Tzorchitzimur? B'dayver Shalom L'Chazarim. He spoke peace, achdus, on all of Klai Yisrael. So the lesson that Esther gave Mordechai, that everything you're telling me is really great, and you should fast, and you should daven, but the number thing is, first number one thing is, leich knais kal yehudim. You have to bring all the Jews together, because otherwise nothing is worth anything. In the end, the greatest compliment that was given to Mordechai was that's what he listened to her, and that's what he did. He was David Shalom. He went, and he talked, like Aaron Akain, he went from one Jew to the next and he said, no, he like, wants to be your friend and he's saying good things about you. And the Megillah ends, the David Shalom the ultimate, was, right? We, we get up and we say, what passage do we say? We say, in the beginning of the Megillah, right? We say his first compliment, that there was a, a Jew, right? So the first compliment we say about him is that he's a Jew. The last compliment that we say him, we also say it out loud. Right? The last word is, David Shalom Chazaron. So everyone who's listening tonight, everything's very important in your life that you do. You're learning, you're Torah, you're mitzvahs, you're tefillin, you're davening, you're hider mitzvah, you're chinuch. But the most important thing is, Achtos. The Chofetz Chaim brings down that David HaMelech, when he went to war with the Plishtim, they lost a lot of soldiers. Came back, he won, but he lost a lot of soldiers. Achav, who was the worst king, who just did Avoy his generation were all Avoy Dezara. When he went to war, he came back, he didn't lose a soldier. 
he didn't lose a soldier. It says the Chafetz Chaim that David's army spoke Russian horror on each other. But Achav, even though he was such a Russia, and all he did was avoid the Zara, the gang got along with each other. They never spoke back about each other. So not one of them died. So the most important thing to God is Achav. Now, on the word Yeshno, he also told, he also told, um, Haman told Achashverosh that, Achashverosh said, what do I need this for, right? Everyone who started up with the Jews, they lost everything. He says, no, now Hashem is sleeping. Yes, no, he's sleeping. We see in Vav, Balaylahu, not of the Shnatzamelech, because could not sleep. He wasn't sleeping. And the tefillah of Klai Yisrael woke Hashem up. And therefore, when he came back from that night, Haman, and he came back to Zeresh, The first time he came back to Zeresh, she said, so first of all, this is what he tried to do. This was the Makatrik. This is very fascinating. To make Hashem angry, he had to spell Hashem's name backwards. So he said to Hashem, V'chol zeh einenu shavoli. If you take the word Zeh Einenu Shavali, Zeh is a hey. The end of Zeh is a hey. The end of Einenu is a vav. The end of Sheva is a hey. And the end of Li is a yud. So it spells hey, vav, hey, yud. Zeh Einenu Shavali. This is not worth anything to me. It's Hashem's name backwards. And that brings anger. And Hashem's name is spelled backwards. How did Esther fix it? She knew what he was doing. So when she invited Haman, that fool, because she was way ahead of him, she said, Yavo starts with a Yud, Hamelech is a Hey, Vahaman is a Vav, Hayom is a hey. So it's yud hey vav hey. So she turned it around on Haman. She said, You, Yavai Hamelech, the Takurish Baruchu, right? Bahaman Hayom. Hashem should come with Haman today. She's going to destroy Haman, right? So that was a yud hey and the vav hey. Now, very fascinating. We'll end with this and then we'll go into Pesach. Very fascinating. I saw this on Purim. The Chidah. Before I'm going to very, very, very deep that the whole Purim is is the the story of of um, Haman was Haman was a Gilgal of the Nachash and and Esther was a Gilgal of Chava and Mordechai was a Gilgal of Adam and Haman the Nachash tried to destroy the world by destroying the Jewish nation here, right? But he tried to pull off what he did by the by the eights. So the whole Purim is about an eights. Zeres told Haman to build an eight, 50 feet high, right? With about an eight, which was to remind Hashem of what Adam and Chavah did by the eight Hadas. Now, this is amazing. 
Haman ben Atayra Minayin. Where do you know Haman's name from the Torah? Says, says the Gemara, Haman from the tree, right? Because he said, in Enu Shavali, every, if I have everything but I can't have Mordechai, I have nothing. The Nachar said, if you have everything but you can't have this tree, you have nothing. We know to do tshuva, that we put in the same exact thing, right? Because Baruch Hu does everything Mida can get Mida. What got Chava? What brought Misa to Chava? How did the Nachash fool Chava? He pushed her into the tree and she didn't die. Right? But because he pushed her to the tree, she ate from the tree. In the end, she got Misa. The world got Misa because of that push. The way you brought Misa to Adam and Chava I'm going to be Misa to you. So how, was the, how was the, did Haman end up dying? The Malach pushed him into Esther. And when Achatrius walked in, he was laying on Esther and he said, you're, going to keep, you're raping my wife in, in my castle? Haman knew that it was over. Why did Haman know that it was over? Why didn't he turn to the Achatrius and say, I got pushed. So I, wasn't touch, I wasn't doing anything. Why didn't he answer? He couldn't answer. Why? Because the Nachash realized that Hashem took revenge on him, Mida, Kenegid, Mida. That the whole thing was, he got pushed. He pushed her, right? Now he got pushed. He knew it was over. He knew that this was the Mida, Kenegid, Mida. There was nothing to say. What he did to her now happened to him. Over. They didn't guillotine him. They didn't chop his head off. Why did they chop his head off? No, Chavona said... To the Melech, to Kosh Baruch Hu, hang him on the tree. The tree is where he got, caught Chava. That's where he got Chava. Mida Kedegimida Kosh Baruch Hu is not to chop his head off or, or, or choke him to death. Put him on the tree. That's where he brought Misha to the world. Give him back what he did to us. And that's when he hung him, the, the, the anger of the king resided. That was it. It was over. The Nachash got back what he did to, to us with the same Misa, with the same push. You push Chava, now you're going to get pushed. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling. I think it's Chida. Chida. It was brought down by the Chida. Where are you from, right? Well, they ask where Esther is. No, but they asked Esther, Haster, Aster, in front of the Torah. Right, oh, right. Why was that? Right. Right. The whole thing came right. It was a, it was a reincarnation. It was a Gilgal, the whole thing of the eighth. But he died. I mean, put, you pushed her? Now you're going to get pushed. Not really. Everything, everything I could have Okay, now let's connect. I spoke today in Borough Park. Let's connect. Here's the Kasha. The Kasha is, it says next year, by the way, there's a Pesach Shani. You know that? You know the Pesach Shani next year? Next year is a Pesach, uh, I mean, uh, Adr Shani. So, in Adr Shani, the halacha is that Purim comes out in Adr Shani, not in Adr Rishain. But we know Zriza Magdimin. So really, you should do it the first month, the first month of Adar. Right? 
So the Torah tells us, Chazal tells us, that Geula has to be Seimek Geula. The two Geulas have to be next to each other. The Geula of Purim and the Geula of Pesach have to be next to each other. But if you have it in the first month, then there's a month in between, Adrashani, and therefore it's no good. They have to be next to each other. Kash is why? Be next to each other. The first month of Adr, make Purim. What are you waiting for? Jesus Magdim want right? The mitzvah. The terrace is amazing. Amazing terrace. So here's the terrace. And then we'll, we'll learn the Kaviyash a little bit on, 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 on Purim. We'll tie the two together. The terrace is Azai. Navy Dekka Terrace. I say over the story many times, but it needs to be said. It's a very important story. What happened on Pesach? What happened on Pesach? The first of the Sarasadibras, the basis of the whole thing is that I am Hashem, that I took you out of Mitzrayim. Not I am Hashem that gave you the Torah. Not I am Hashem who created the world. Hashem who took you out of Mitzrayim. Why specifically is that something that you're saying, Hashem? In the Ten Commandments. I'm Hashem, I created the world. That came first. I'm Hashem, the whole world's given what? For the Torah. See, the Torah was very nice, but that's... So here's the Territ. So, I say over the story where there was a, a king, a young king, and he was single, and uh, in those days they used to marry to bring two countries together. That's what they used to do. So, they, the advisor said, it's time... You're a single guy. It's time for you to go find yourself a wife. And we know there's a beautiful, beautiful princess far away country. We want you to go there and to meet her. And if everything's okay, to get married. And we'll, we'll own half the world because we're going to bring both countries together. Okay? He gets all dressed up. He gets into his carriage. It's a long trip. And he's got his soldiers around him. And they're going through the woods on this road towards the castle of the other princess. And I managed to see the story when I say it. And they come to a fork in the road. And they, they it was muddy and the carriages stopped. They're letting the traffic go. The king's sitting with all his royalty on his beautiful carriage. All of a sudden he hears something up through the window on his right-hand side where he was sitting. And he sees a hand reaching up from the window from the mud. The floor, the mud, the filth. What's going on over here? And here's alms for the poor, alms for the poor, could you please help me? I'm starving. He turns. Even his soldiers didn't see this person. This person was like laying in the mud, like part of the mud. And he says to the soldier that's next to the carriage, What's that? What is that? Who is that? What's going on? They say, I don't know. Let's see, whatever it is. It's a girl who was laying in the mud in the filth. And she seems to be collecting tzedakah. He says, pick her up. I want to I see her. You pick her up. She's filthy from head to toe. Like, just mudded out. All her hair, everything mudded out. Clothing ripped. Just a peasant. A real poor peasant. And he looks at her and he says, why are you in the mud? She says, my parents died. I have nothing. I don't even have a hut. I don't even have a, don't have a roof above my head. And, and I, I, I stay on the road and I, I collect pennies to, so I can have something to eat. He says, in my kingdom, such a person, I didn't know there's such a person in my kingdom, come into the carriage, I want to talk to you. And all the guys are like, no, no, you can't let her into the carriage. Carriage is, 
heavy velour and stuff. She's full of mud and everything. You know, we'll, we'll take care of her. You know, the king, you don't deal with this. This is, this is for us. Riffraff. He says, no. She, I, want to, I want to talk to her. I want to see what's going on. Puts her in the carriage. He looks at her. Filthy. She can't even look at him. He's a king. He says to the coachman, turn, turn the coach around. We're going back to the palace. His advisor, who's sitting there, says, Sir, sorry, we'll take care of her. We'll take her out. We'll wash her up. We'll get her a place to stay. We'll give her food. This is not Romeo and Juliet. We're not, we're not writing a movie here. This is, you're the king, and you have to marry a, a princess. This is not for you. You shouldn't even be talking to her. He says, I want to go back to the castle. I'm taking her back. We need to wash her up and to clean her up. And I, I, we'll talk about going to the other princess at a different time. And he's like, you can't do this. The people are going to think that you have no seichel, whatever it is. I'm the king, that's what I decided. They go back to the castle. Everyone's looking. You see the carriage of some filthy peasant something in there. Right? When everyone's talking what's going on. And they're like, he found her at the crossroads in the floor. Like, what is he doing? Is he, did he crack up? Is he crazy? This is, this is what he went to get? This is who he's married? No, without. Anyway, comes to the castle. Says to his people, I want you to take her to my mother. Mother passed away, the queen. I want you to take her to my mother's room. I want to shower it up, you know, make her hair, put on my mother's gown. Tonight at 8 o'clock, I want her in the dining room. Make sure you get her ready. Okay? His advisor's like, to the king's like, this is not good. You can't do this. This is, it's very nice and it's very kind and it's very nice to help the poor and you should help the poor. But this is, don't bring her into our house. This is what I want. Comes eight o'clock. You, you can, if you have an imagination, you just imagine it. He's sitting at the table. His advisor to the right, advisor to the left. Her seat is at the end of the other, the other side of the table. This girl walks in. She's magnificent. She's wearing a gown. You never saw such a beautiful girl in your life. And everyone's just staring at her. And it's like this is not the girl that was in the carriage. This is not her. And he gets up the king and he pulls his chair back, says, sit down. And like, the advisor's looking at it like, this is not the same person. And he says, yes, this is the same person. And they're all sitting in awe. How did the king know that this is what she looked like under all that mud? It's like, how do you know that? And he, they, don't, they have nothing to say. And then she sits there and they put the food down on the table. She starts... Grabbing, she's a peasant. She never saw a fork and a knife. She never saw china and a, and a thing. So she's taking the bottle and she's drinking. It's all going all over the dress. And she's taking the food and the salad. And it's going all over. And she's like, so the advisor says, you can, you know, you can take all the dirt off the peasant, but you can't take the peasant out of the peasant. This is not for you. You're the king. Look at her. She's eating salad with her hands. And, and he said, that beauty... I can't, I can't change, but manners, I can teach her. So if you give me the right amount of time, we could teach her how to be the woman of, of the kingdom. It took him a few months. He taught her etiquette. He had the best teachers to teach her education because she didn't speak very well. And it took him almost a year. And after a year, he married her. And everybody was in awe that he was able to see her beauty through all that schmutz. And Wallstein, very nice story. 
We've heard stories like this from you before. What does that have to do with anything? A terrace is magnificent. Chazal asks, it says that we went out of Mitzrayim b'chipazayim, in a moment. Chipazayim means a rush, in a moment. But why? Hashem tells us a year, I make a joke, if you told us a year in advance, we'd never gotten out of there, because all our wives would have been baking and cooking, and because we didn't, they didn't have any food, we were able to get out of there. But otherwise, if you ever go on a Cholomoy trip to a great adventure, right, nobody goes on any rides. They're all sitting there eating matzah with tuna, with salads, with that. You know, the first thing they do is they have you know, all, the, all the strollers full of food. Everyone sits down, they eat. By 4 or 5 o'clock, everyone's finished eating. The rides are closed. It's cold. It's blowing. Okay, let's go home. Right? So if Christ would have had a month in advance that they're going out, Forget about it. We would have never gotten out. We would have had wagons so full of food, we wouldn't have gotten out. Hashem knew what he was doing. He's like, matzah out. Nothing, nothing. But anyway, what is the bichy puzzling? So Shimshim Pikas gives many shirim on Pesach, and he says, logically, it made no sense that God should choose us. We didn't do tshuva. We were on the 49th level of Tumah. We were filthy. We were dirty. We were smelly. We were on the 49th level of Tomah. There's no reason for him to choose us. But he saw through all the Tomah and all the challenges of this nation, he saw an inner beauty that the angels could not see. And in the Medrash Pasha's bow, it says that when Hashem said to the angels, I am going into Mitzrayim to take the Jewish nation out, the Malachim said, absolutely not. They're both the same. Why would you take the slave for your wife, for your nation, take the Free one, the mitzvah. They're both equal. Take the master. Why would you take the slave? Take the master. She said, the master is ugly. It's the slave that's beautiful. And Malachim said, no, you cannot. You cannot. King, king of the world. You cannot take this filthy bride, peasant nation for a wife. You know what? You want to take him out of Mitzrayim? We'll take him out of Mitzrayim. The soldiers, we'll clean her up. We'll give her to eat. We'll get her a place to stay. Hashem said, Ani lo malach. Ani lo shliach. Ani lo saraf. You don't understand. I am taking her to the castle. Not you. And the Malachim said, but Hashem, you're a Kohen. And Mitzrayim is Tomei. And therefore, you cannot go into Mitzrayim. We'll take them out. We'll meet you at Hasinai. And Hashem said, Kor Gemara, that if there's, if there's truma in a clay vessel, in a Besak forest, Right? And the Kohen wants to go in and get the Truma. The Truma is not Tomei because it's in this 
vessel of clay. The Kohen is allowed to go be Matama, become Tome, to save the Truma, because the Kohen, a day later, can get the Paraduma and become Tahar. So Hashem said, I can go into the Beisach forest, Mizraim, and take out the Jewish nation. So they said, but who's going to make you Tahar? Hashem said, whatever it means, Aaron Akayim. I don't know what that means. I don't know what, that's what Hashem said, Aaron Akayim. So he went, and he took us out. And we were beautiful. And the Malachim said, it's very nice, Hashem, but they're peasants. They're avadim. They have no manners. We want food. We want ducks. We want water. We didn't see Moshe. We're making an Egel. You can take the slave out of Egypt, but you can't take the Egypt out of the slave. So the Malachim said, they're still peasants. They're not free people. They say, we want to go back to Mitzrayim. We want our fish. We want our pickles. We want our cucumbers. This is, this is who you picked? To be your wife? This is royalty? They're a bunch of lowlifes. She said, you're right. They need time. I'm not taking them the shortcut. I'm not taking them through the Plishtim way. I got to teach them etiquette. I got to teach them manners. I'm going to give them 613 different ways of having etiquette, of becoming my wife. So the night of Pesach was a night where Hashem fell in love with Klai And in turn, Hashem said, I'm the Chassan, and I'm getting down on one knee, and I'm saying, will you marry me? But I'm not giving you a ring. And I'm not giving you a bracelet. And I'm not giving you a necklace. I'm not even giving you a rose. Leich teich acharai b'amidbar. You want to be married to me? We're going into the desert. No food. No wine. Matzah. Nothing. Water and flour. I have nothing to give you right now. Yes, there's going to be a, a Torah Hasinai. Right now, we're going out of Mitzrayim. No food. No water. Nothing. Lech, tech, a midbar. I'm going into a midbar. And Klai Yisrael, that night, the night of Pesach said, we're going. No problem. It was a very tough night. We lost more Jews that night than we lost in the Holocaust. If you do the numbers, the Chamushim Alu, one-fifth of Klai Yisrael came out of Mitzrayim. There were 600,000 men between a certain age. The total Jews that left Mitzrayim the, night of, the, day, the next morning on Pesach was 3 million. 600 men, women, children, 3 million. Three million is a fifth of how much? Fifteen million. Means we lost twelve million people in Makas in Makas Choshech. In the Holocaust, we lost six million. In Makas Choshech, we lost twelve million Jews. Sounds like a really big catastrophe, because those Jews did not want to leave Mitzrayim. Those Jews 
did not want to get out of the mud. Those Jews were still peasants. They were slave-minded. They weren't free-minded. So we actually lost more than we lost in the Holocaust. But the ones that left were willing to go in the desert without anything because they knew who the chassan was and the chassan who knew, knew, who knew what the, who the kala was. In the Kabayasha, we'll learn it next week in Mitzvah Shem. And I'm going to read you a letter next week. One of the saddest letters you'll ever hear in your life. Every year in seminary, when we start seminary, we have the girls write what, where they think they will be in five years. And then five years later, we mail it to them. Every year, we mail it to them. And they can look at what they thought they were going to be at. I have a letter from a girl that passed away from an overdose two years ago. Today, when we mailed out the letters, the head of my school handed me this letter and said, Brad Wallstein, I can't open it. She's not alive. You need to open it. And I opened it. And I read a letter from a girl who's already not here for two years. She's in the other world. Her body's in the ground. What she thought she'd be five years later, she's not. But I have to give the letter to the parents before I read it. So, Mr. Hashem, I hope tomorrow or the next day to deliver this letter to the parents of this girl. And next week, Mr. Hashem, I hope to read it to you and to show you the pintaliyid of every Jew, of what she wrote in her hardest time when she wasn't even Shemir Shabbos, what she wanted to be at in five years. This was written five years ago. But I can't read it until I give it to the parents, which Mitzvah, I hope to give tomorrow or Thursday, and then Mitzvah next week I'll read it. At the same time, it's tragic, she be tragic, but it also gives us a crazy chizik that a Jew in the lowest, when they're in their lowest place, Still has the highest hopes. Well, here's the letter. I opened it up today. I'm going to deliver it to the parents. She's not here no more. All right. Anyway, um, so now, what's Pesach? So on the night of Pesach, Hashem wants to show. His angels who told him, don't you dare go and save these people. They're muddy peasants, slave, lowlifes, and you're the king. Hashem wants to show them that they're wrong. The Malachim, who badmouthed the Jewish nation, who told Hashem, take out the Mitzvah, don't take out the Jews. Hashem wants to put it in their face. And he wants to show them that even though we were filthy and dirty and muddy, he could see through it. And he could see who we really are. So I'm just going to read one little piece tonight. Next week we'll get much more to the Kaviyasha. And this is what he says. Shechayev al-Adam, it's a chiv on every Jew. To be mesaper, to speak about the leaving of Mitzrayim. When you're in your house by the Seder, 
and you're talking about Yitzhak Mitzrayim, God gathers all the angels, all the ones that badmouth us, call us peasants, filthy, low lives that don't deserve to come out of Mitzrayim. But Om Alehem, Hashem says to all those angels, Lechu, go with me, Bishemu, and listen, Sipra Hashevach, to the beautiful praise, James Semechim, how they are so happy about the redemption of their master. All the angels come, and they come to your Seder, and listen to you teaching your little children, and talking about all the miracles, and remembering all the little froggies and all the things that you have at the table. And they're forced. All those soldiers and advisors that said, leave her in the mud. She doesn't, she not, doesn't deserve to marry you. They admit to God. And all the miracles. And all the armies of Shemayim. Admit to Him. You were right. They're not dirty, tummy people. They're a holy nation. And now they're rejoicing in the gula of their Creator. I don't know what this means. It's a zayar. By us doing this, it gives extra strength in Shemayim. Yisrael b'sipahu and the Jews, by talking about God in this way, gives strength to Hashem. And all the worlds, Yireyim, are scared in awe. What does that mean? For all the years I learned this Kaviyosh, I don't understand what that means. How can we human beings give God strength in Shemayim? And the answer is very easy. By proving that when Hashem said, when He took us out of Mitzrayim, that He saw through all the mud just like the king did, that He was right. That strengthens in Shemayim. Allah who said we're low lives, by us showing that we're not, it gives HaKadosh Baruch Hu the strength in Shemayim to protect us. So that's the Teretz. Now let's come all around. That's the Teretz. How long are we speaking so far? Okay. So that's the Teretz, boys. That's the answer to my first question. The answer is as follows. On Purim, on Purim, Marchai got up and said that he heard from Ilya Navi that Akash Baruch Hu signed that we should be destroyed. It was the first time in the history of the world that God ever signed a Gezerah on Klai Yisrael. So we had no God. God said, bye-bye. Signed you off. You're all going to die. Have a good day. I'm done with you. You're spread out. You don't get along with each other. You're assimilating. We're finished. It's over. We didn't have God. We didn't have a leader. Because Mordechai, who is the leader was the one that got us into trouble. They said to him, listen, why are you getting up in front of him? Every time Haman walks down the street, you walk in front of him and you don't bow down. Go to Yeshiva, go learn. When, when the when Talmud, I tell you, Rebbe, Haman's coming down the street, instead of going in front of him and not bowing, go learn. Who told you that you have to go in front of him and aggravate the man? Go learn. Go to Yeshiva. Stay in Yeshiva when he's around. Mordechai was trying to prove a point. So they didn't like him. 
You're like, this whole edict that he wrote, Haman, he wrote, I'm taking down the whole Jewish nation was because of you. You got us into this trouble. So they had no Hashem. They had no God Hadar. But they had Kushner. The White House. Zuzah. We got the, you know, we got the Jewish guy in the White House. We got Esther. We're safe. We don't need Hashem. We don't need a Gadol. We're politically correct. But a couple of months, she's in there, and all of a sudden, Yeshiva World comes out with a thing. Everybody's reading it on their iPhone in Shushan. That guess what happened? Our queen, Jewish queen in the castle, has just become a traitor. She just invited the two enemies of the Jews, Hashverosh and Haman, and her together to a private party. So, yeah, we knew this was going to happen, you know? You give them a little power. She's Persian. She forgot all about us. She became a Persian queen. So she's worried about Persia, and she doesn't care about us. She just invited the enemy, like sleeping with the enemy. She just invited the enemy to a private party. And then she invited him again! Done. We're done. We don't have any political clout. We don't have a God Hadar. And we don't have God. We're done. What did the Jews do? They should have become Mormons. Or not Mormons, but whatever they had in those days. Why would you stay a Jew if you don't have a God? You don't have political clout. And you don't have God. What are you staying a Jew for? For who? For what? But they went and did the opposite. They got all together. They fasted, they davened, and they learned. And the little kids, it says, they fasted for three days. They were swooning, they were crying, and Hashem heard their voices. Hashem said to the Malachim, who is this, what is this? And they said, your little sheep are crying. And Hashem came down, he saw that they were fasting, and that's when he broke the Xerah. Little kids broke the Xerah. So pretty much, God gave up on us, on Purim, he wrote us off, and we said, you may have given up on us, but we don't give up on you. Pesach, we give up on God. We were peasants, 49th level of Toma, serving of Zara, four-fifths of us didn't even want to leave Mitzrayim. They weren't interested in leaving Mitzrayim, right? And the Kosh said, even though she's filthy, and she's dirty, and she's just as bad as the, as the, as the Egyptians, I love her. The puzzling. I saw her for a moment, and I'm in love. And I'm taking her for my wife. So on Pesach, we gave up on Hashem. We were pretty much Eivdev by Dezorah. We weren't interested. Moshe was talking about freedom. Nobody was listening to him. Even the Zakanim were not listening to him. And Hashem said, I love this girl. This is my, this I want to be my wife. And all the advisors, all Malachim said, what, what are you talking about? She's filthy, she's dirty, she's a peasant. You know, what shaykhs do you have to this? Oh, what connection do you have to this? Hashem, what are you doing? Don't take them. Take, take, take the Egyptians. Hashem said, no. They may have given up on me, but I didn't give up on them. On Purim, right? We said, Hashem, you may have given up on us, but we don't give up on you. What's a marriage? Marriage is when the husband says, no matter what, we'll never give up on my wife, ever. On my relationship, I don't care what happens. I will never give up on my wife. And the wife says, no matter what happens, our relationship, I will never give up on my husband. That's a relationship between a husband and a wife. 
That's Nisan and Adar. Adar, we, never, we didn't give up on Hashem. Nisan, Hashem didn't give up on us. They have to be together. There can't be anything in between. Something in between, there's no marriage. And therefore, even though it's Adarisha and you can do it faster, no. Adarshani and Nisan have to be next to each other. In Adarshani, we said, you gave up on us, we're not giving up on you. We love you, Hashem. In Nisan, Hashem said, you may have given up on me, Choshech, you don't want to go out, you want your fish, you want all that stuff. But I love you, I'll never give up on you. And therefore, they have to be next to each other. The Goloi and the Sasser have to be next to each other. On Purim, there was a love that was hidden. On Pesach, there's a love that's in the open. In a marriage, there's both. There's the love that a husband and wife have in their bedroom. There's a door closed. Sasser, nobody sees it. And then there's the relationship between a husband and a wife that everybody sees. How they talk to each other, how they look at each other. You know, you see that on the outside. You don't know what's going on in the bedroom. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. In a relationship, a good relationship, there's a hidden relationship and there's a revealed relationship. So therefore, Nisan and, and, and Adar have to be next to each other for the whole marriage. Number one, that the husband doesn't give up on the wife. The wife doesn't give up on the husband. That's Nisan and that's Adar together. Number two, that there's a love Revealed to everyone that everybody could see how they feel about each other, how they talk to each other, how they respect each other, how he opens the door for her, how he pulls the seat out for her, how he treats her. And there's a hidden love that we don't get to see. That's theus. That's, that's a hidden zero. That's zero. No one else, no one sees the zero of the king and queen in the, in the room. There's no room for that. That's why on Shabbos, the great king keeps Shabbos. The Shabbos is zero. So the first part we did, the first part already happened. First part is Purim. Now we have to seal the second part. The second part is Pesach. But the, the part of Pesach is that Hashem didn't give up on us, on that dirty, filthy little peasant girl, right? Well, Allah say, How do we know you made the right decision, Hashem? Maybe you should have taken the Egyptians out. Hashem says, Come with me to the Seder. Listen to them singing Hallel. Listen to them doing the mitzvahs that they're supposed to do in the Pesach. Listen to Haggadah to Levincha. Listen to them speaking to their children. Because the child, we'll end with this. This is Rav Shepshepik, because I think he brings it from the Zaya. He says, what's the consummation of the marriage? Why did Hashem, why did Hashem decide to kill the Bechairim? Makas Bechairis. Why didn't he kill the youngest child? The middle child. All the children. What's this Makis Bechairis? Why the firstborn? So the Zaire says, the consummation of a marriage is the child. In other words, a husband and wife are not really one. You can divorce each other. If you were one, you can't, you, you cut this cup in half, it's not a cup anymore. So, Real, the real oneness of a husband and wife is through the child. You know, the, 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 it, it has to do with the Seder. Maybe we'll learn about it next week. The Gemara says that from the father comes everything white, and from the mother comes everything colored. So bones, bones, your bones, your skeleton comes from your father. Your liver, your heart, your eyes, anything, any, any organ that has a color comes from your mother. Blood comes from your mother because it's red. The, the skeleton, the bones, 
comes from your father, Gemara that, and then from Hashem comes the Ruach, comes the, comes the, comes the Neshama. And, and that's how we build a person. By the Seder, the Matzah is the white, the Matzah is the foundation, right? Because without the skeleton, you can't put all the organs in. So the Matzah is the white, the Yayin is the blood of the mother, and the Sipitzis Mitzrayim is the Neshama, is the Ruach that Hashem put in. That's what we're building a person a yid, that's what we're building by the Seder. That's what you do by the Seder. So the Sipi Yitzis Mitzrayim. So it's the mitzvah, only, Hagat the Mincha is only by Pesach. You don't have to tell your kids about the sukkah. You don't have to tell your kids, Shuas night, a mitzvah, to talk about the, the, the Har Sinai. It's not a mitzvah, you're supposed to be. It's not a mitzvah. The time it says Hagat the Mincha, right, is only by Pesach. Why? Because the consummation of the marriage that started by the engagement, Pesach night, the consummation that we're one with God is our children. Husband and wife walk the world after they're gone in the next world through their children because you're not really together with your wife, but your child is you and your wife together. So even when a person dies, his wife dies at 120, when their child is walking in the world, they're still here. They're really first only here because they're together in their child. They're the... I am, who am I? Who is Chai Wallerstein? Who, what am I made out of? What's, who am I? I'm my mother, she should live long, and my father and Hashem. Those are my partners. That's who I am. I'm, I'm not me. I'm them. I'm made from them. I'm them. So, the consummation of what started by, the, by Pesach night, the engagement of Christ to Hashem, is our children. And therefore, the mitzvah of Pesach is a Gadotolavincha because that's the consummation. Why did Hashem, why did Hashem kill the Bechayrim of Mitzrayim? Because the consummation of the Mitzrim is their children. And the consummation of the Mitzrim, who were they connected to? They were connected to their Avaydazara. So the, the, the marriage of them and their Avaydazara really came through their children. Which child? The first one. The first child they had was the consummation if Hashem said they have to die. I have to break that consummation of the two of them. That's why the oldest have to die. And we're just the opposite. That's why the oldest have to live. That's why a Bechor had the din of, of Pidgin Haben. Because Akosh Baruch said, you are the consummation of me and Klai Yisrael. Therefore you have to live. The Goyim, the Avay the, Zara, uh, the, the consummation of them and their Avay Zara is their firstborn. They have to die. So the, the, the Kedusha of a Jewish firstborn is the first time you're consummating Hashem with us. So he has a pigeon advan. He belongs to Hashem. He really belongs to Hashem. You have to buy him away from the Kayan. That's the whole idea of pigeon advan comes from Yitzhak the tribe. And therefore, Hashem announces to the world. That's when I married you. That's when I found you. That's when I chose you. That makes me a Nechi Hashem Elokecha. I am your God. I am your Chassan. What made me? When did I become your Chassan? That moment, Bechipazon, when I saw you in Mitzrayim and I said, Lech Teich Achra Midbar, I, I want to marry you, but I'm telling you, I'm not giving you nothing. I don't have anything to give you. I don't have food to give you. I don't have water to give you. And Klai Yisrael, even though they were Avadim, they had food. 
And they said, yes, I'll marry you. And it's not about the food. We'll go with you into the desert. Whatever will happen, will happen. We may all be zoicha to see the, the geula in our lives and ourselves, the nista, the hidden geula, and the revealed geula, You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.